Hello, my name is J.D. Boudreaux, and I'm your host for Well Within Reach, an MTS therapy and wellness podcast. MTS Therapy and Wellness is a locally owned company by a group of therapists with a home base in Lafayette, Louisiana since 1983. The company was started by physical therapists who had a desire to treat patients from a holistic perspective. The company is now led by a group of individuals who are bonded together by the same idea from 30 years ago, a desire to treat our clients and our team through mind, body, and spirit. Our tribe of professionals have come together to form a perfect storm of therapy know-how and personal growth cravings. Our goal is to help people on their journey toward their best self. The goal of this podcast is to share information that we find important and interesting as we navigate the world of therapy, business, and leadership. Your goals are well within reach. We are here to help. On today's episode, we will be visiting with physical therapist Ellen DeValcourt, as well as with MTS patient Charlie Carruthers and his wife Jackie on the amazing recovery he recently made from a very unique condition. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you here. We're going to start with uh, Miss Jackie Carruthers, Mr. Charlie Carruthers' wife, uh, and we're going to let her dive into the background and the history of Mr. Charlie's condition that brought him to MTS. Can you share a little bit with us about his background? Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, towards the end of 2019, Charlie beca- began being more and more tired, just could not recover, and we figured part of it was age. Part of it results of a massive heart attack that he had had in 2017. And, you know, we just figured, well, it's just we're getting older. And they had told us it would take quite some time to recover from his heart attack. Well, by the time February of 2020 came around, Charlie could not move. He couldn't walk. COVID came to town, as I say, and we could not go get him tested. So we had to purchase a wheelchair on our own because Medicare wouldn't cover it. We didn't have an official diagnosis yet at that time. So we did that and we battled through that because again, everything was shut down because of COVID. So by the time, uh, I guess the end of April, he said, I I don't care if I end up with COVID, I have to go and get, you know, go get, see a doctor. So we were able to get in to see our primary care doctor. She was surprised to see him in a wheelchair, knowing that she had not prescribed that for him and, you know, surprised. So she ran a series of blood tests on him and came back with CK levels. His numbers were 7,000, which it should be in the hundreds. So she immediately said, take him to Lapia General ER. We did. They admitted him, of course, and began pumping IV fluids in him, trying to, I guess, flush out the system, whatever. But it took two weeks for us to have a diagnosis. They called in a specialist, a rheumatologist, and she ran a special kind of blood test and came back with a diagnosis of, she said, statin-induced myositis slash rhabdomyolysis. Well, that was Greek to us. We had no idea. And quite frankly, most of the people on the floor at Lafayette General had never heard of that. It's such a rare condition. So he stayed Lafayette General, I think, probably for two, three weeks. And then from there was referred to long-term care. And they, after a month, referred us to MTS. And, the you know, Ellen and her group 
brought him back. They would have to come get him out of the car. He couldn't walk, couldn't do anything for himself. And on the last day of his therapy here, he drove himself. So that was his graduation. <laughs> and it happened to be on his birthday. So it was a lot of room for celebration that day. But that's background. I mean, there are a lot of other things in between that he had to go to. He's go through. He's still undergoing IVIG infusion sessions once a month to help replace the red blood cells and keep his immune system strong because of all of that was destroyed. Most, most he is definitely. a walking miracle. Yes, an amazing story, and I appreciate you providing a background on that story. I'm going to jump to Mr. Charlie real quick. Mr. Charlie, just give us a little bit of background on how did you feel going through the process? Was it a relief to get the diagnosis initially, or yes, was, it, it was. was it scary? What, what did you feel? It was a relief to find out exactly something I had, you know, just sitting there in the hospital for those two weeks and didn't know anything. I, I was concerned. Okay. So finally, when the doctor diagnosed it, can get started with something. That's when they started pumping the IV. And then we went through all of that and everything else. And we had that little, uh, other little therapist that they sent me to uh, to go and uh, start trying to pick up my legs out of bed and just make me stand right on the side of the bed. They put a strap around my waist to hold me. That's how weak I was. And then we did that a while. And I just started kind of moving my leg just to walk a little bit, but that was it. Then they sent me over here to MTS. And I met up with this professional, and she is a professional. Took me under her own and brought me out. The first thing we did was lay under that mat, and I laid down, and my feet was on the side there. I said, I can't put them up. They had to help me put my feet up every time. My legs were, I didn't have no strength in them. And Ellen worked with my legs and stuff and stretched them and everything else. And we sat on the side of the mat and then did the bungee cords and stuff that we could. And it kept on going. And after two weeks, uh, okay. yep, take your time. After two weeks, I seen the difference. I told my wife I was getting stronger, and I was. And it kept working and working. And then it got to be when I finally got to where I could start moving my legs to walk a little bit. I was with the walker and. Ms. Ellen was behind me with a wheelchair in case I got tired or I was, had to sit down right away. And I guess the first time we walked was maybe 30 feet. And that was a big thing for me. And then we kept working and working. And now here I am. I go from the walking to the parallel bars and uh, the bicycles. I was doing all of that now. But I was still had a little bit of help to walk. And then from where I finished up at riding the bike over here, I took my walker and walked all the way to the front door. Every time I'd come, I'd get stronger to him. Then Ms. Ellen looked at me and said, uh, you want to try the stairs? I said, hey, I think so. I think I can do them. And it was one time up and one time down. I kept doing it, doing it. And then I told her one day, I said, I'm going to walk out that door and walk all the way outside. And we did. And I would recommend this place more than any other place I know of. When I came here, I did not know that there were that many people that was needed help of all parts of their bodies. It was amazing all the people that came through here. And I watched all of them. Some of them, I seen them, how they improved just like I did. 
you know, and that's amazing that. And like I say, I would not recommend any other place but this place here. Wow. And the people, they would never leave you by yourself. There was always somebody with you at all times. If Ms. Ellen had somebody that she had to hurry up and go talk to, there was somebody with me. Every time, no matter where. And they did a professional job. Amazing story, and I appreciate you you sharing that feedback with us. It's always good to to get that positive feedback, and I can attest to Ellen's professionalism and her ability to to get patients better. I think y'all y'all made an excellent choice when y'all y'all chose to to go with Ellen at our MTS Dallas location. Ellen, tell us a little bit. You know, Mr. Charlie presented with a unique situation. It's it's not unique that he comes out of uh, inpatient or long term care care to get to an outpatient clinic, but the condition was was different uh, than we would probably typically see. You have a little neuro background, but what were your thoughts and actions during the initial evaluation to create a plan? He was he was such a, a low-level patient in a wheelchair having difficulty moving. What were some of your thoughts and actions from a physical therapy side to, to get this going and to achieve this outcome? I had previously seen patients that had polymyositis, other types of myositis, but the rhabdomyolysis is a little bit are a lot more severe, a lot more rare. So I did have to do a little bit of, of background research on that. Um, and actually your, your muscles are breaking down to a point that it's causing other medical issues, kidney failure, heart failure. So when Mr. Charlie got here, he was still medically pretty sick. He ha- he's also a diabetic. So the, the high dose of steroids that they pumped into him to help him heal affected his fluid level. Um, he was dealing with a lot of swelling in his legs, which was putting a lot of pressure on his heart and lung. So we also had some medical um, issues. We had to monitor a lot of vitals, a lot of shortness of breath, not not only just the muscles. He did give me the history that he was almost completely paralyzed by the time he got to the hospital. He was unable to feed himself, unable you know, to walk. By the time he got to us, he was transferring to a wheelchair. Um, but he couldn't stand alone. So we had to start kind of with the basics and just working on bed mobility, sit to stand, um, and then kind of balancing, pushing him hard enough to, to gain strength, but not pushing him so much that it would pack his heart and lung. So it, it was about a six-month process from when I got him to till discharge, but he, he progressed really well. He worked really hard um, at home to help speed up the process. And he's, he's doing great today. So it's a great support. And I might add all of this during COVID. Right. Yes. Which, which added a whole nother level right. um, to this whole situation. Trying to be so careful with that going on right. at the same time. Right. And one other thing, uh, uh, when I went to see the doctor that had diagnosed me, I had a, uh, an appointment with her a couple of weeks ago. And she had one of her students, I guess, he was finishing up his intern to become a doctor, but he had to go to New York to have some classes over there and learn some stuff. And when he seen my case on the computer and he looked at me and everything, he said he's bringing that with him to New York to teach wow. others and to show the others about my, my uh, problem. Wow. It was such a rare problem. So. Well, good. I'm everybody all around. Most importantly, we were glad to help you. And I just want to visit a little bit with you. You know, obviously you underwent some PT in, in the hospital and in the long-term acute care, but what were your initial concerns or fears coming to outpatient physical therapy? Had you been to outpatient before? And, and what, what was your thoughts coming into the this situation? 
Well, when I first came here, uh, I was thinking about where I had just left from and I wasn't completely walking. And I was concerned that I might be coming here and I might never walk again. And it's amazing that, that you've worked hard and alongside Ellen and then definitely obviously with Miss Jackie and the family support to get you where you're at today. But I had, like I said, Ellen and her, her group were very professional. And uh, I could see in the two weeks time I was here, I was getting better and it built up my confidence. And my first doctor told me, he said, there will be some days where you, it won't be good at all. But he said, don't ever give up because if you do, you'll never get back where you was at. And I did. And you got to be strong when you come into a, a situation that I was in and to help not only Ellen helping me, but I had to help them too, you know, by keeping going. And I did. So, like I said, I, I, I can't give them enough credit yes, and sir. prayers. Ms. Jack, I want to ask you, talk a little bit about the, the family support. And he's in therapy for an hour, maybe an hour and a half at a time. But what kind of things did you have to adjust at home? You know, did y'all, did you have other people come in and help you, other family members? How did it influence you as a, as a, a wife and a, a support for him at home? Um, actually, I was pretty much the only support because during COVID, uh, the children, two of them live out of state and the state borders were closed. Even when he was in the hospital, at first, no visitors were allowed for the first two after that, one visitor, and that had to be the same person every day. So the kids couldn't come and even just take my place, you know, stuff like that. Now, they would call every day, and we would try to video, you know, and I would take pictures of him in the hospital, sitting up or finally trying to feed himself, and they would be, oh, yay, yay, you know. And But as far as at home, we just did what we had to do. Charlie and I have been married for 52 years, and it's just a matter of being there for each other. I had no clue of, you know, what to do. I'm not a medical type person. I'm a business oriented person, but I had to learn and I had to do things to help him. We do have one son here in town, lives in Lafayette, and he was available, but he has a job. So, I mean, you know, it's not like he could be at my every beck and call if I needed anything. So we just kind of muddled through it and Charlie being alone in the hospital, he began having some anxiety and some panic attacks. And Ellen knows that every time I brought him here, drove him here, I waited for him in the car outside so he would know that he was not alone, even though he trusted them completely. And he told me time and time again, I'm comfortable there, the facility, I'm, you know, it's clean, it's professional. And the people, I'm okay, but I still want you here outside. And so that's what I did. Every day, every time we came, I sat outside and waited for him. And so we just adjusted, you know, uh, we did what we had to do. I appreciate you. He was my other professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. You got to stay in good graces for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about the most difficult part of your rehab process. Was it a specific exercise was it physical? Was it the mental approach to, to understand pain or the soreness that you may be going through? What would you say is the most difficult part of the rehab process? The hardest part for me was standing up, trying to stand up and then trying to move my legs and stuff, which I could not move at all. Like I said, even at home, my wife had to fight with me to put me in a wheelchair, roll me to the bed, 
help me into the bed and they pick up my feet and put me back. And that was my biggest concern. I could, but when I came here, I could kind of move my hands and stuff. Of course, Elton still made me work with the bungee cords and all that and get those stronger. Those went faster. But my legs were the one that was weak. And that was my biggest concern is to get those going where I could at least stand up and walk again. And she did it. Amazing story. Ellen, tell me a little bit about some of the techniques that you may have used during the process to provide consistent motivation. I mean, it's a six month process and, you know, he's still trying to gain strength. And as rehab professionals, we have to have that rapport with our patients to make sure that they see the small incremental process uh, progress that they have. Just talk a little bit about the relationship that you developed with, with your patient and, and how'd you keep him motivated during the process? Um, when Mr. Charlie arrived, it was still do- during phase one or phase two of COVID. So, you know, we weren't allowing visitors. Um, he would have to come in by himself. So that patient therapist relationship, um, I think, was even more important during that time. And I really, as a as a therapist, I try to treat my patients, you know, not just physically, but also emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Some, sometimes I think that was really important, just developing a trust and a rapport um, and I think I think I told them a lot of times, look, we can have a bad day, but then the next day we're going to get up and we're going to try again and we have to keep moving forward. Um, and he he I think because of his heart attack in the past, too, he had, he kind of um, had that attitude of, you know, I'm going to keep trying. I can get better. So he always did everything I asked of him. He, he tried to have a positive attitude. And I would say most days he did. I tried to have a positive positive attitude. Everyone that works here um, just to encourage him to keep him moving forward, even if we're having a bad day, as long as we're moving forward in the big scheme, that's what's important. And just giving him hope that, that he would get better and return to the things that he loved. Definitely excellent advice there. And I think that's a generality that we can take in life, that it's okay to have a bad day, but, you know, keep moving forward and make sure that the next day that, that we put out our best effort. And I see by Mr. Charlie putting out those efforts, uh, even after bad days, gets him to the, the point where he's at today. Mr. Charles, I know it's still a very emotional subject for you to talk about, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a question. If you don't want to answer, I totally understand. But did you face a moment in the process where you thought that you weren't going to recover? You talk about the fear of not walking again, but during this PT process, did you fear that that you weren't going to recover? And when you faced that moment, if so, what did you do at that time? Well, when I, like I said, when I first came here, that was my doubts about if, if ever I'd walk again. But like after the first two weeks and stuff, and now, like I said, I told my wife and that I was getting stronger. Ellen could see that. I didn't have no doubts after that. What I had was some professional that was working with me and helping me to get to where I needed to be. And so we worked together and it worked out. Ellen, you alluded to the, the COVID-19 pandemic, and Ms. Jackie did as well. Did that change any part of the rehab process? I know we talked about how it influenced your relationship and the motivation techniques that you had to use. Did it change any of the physical techniques that you used, the manual techniques, or any of the exercise dosing that, that you had to do? Or it was more just following the, the government guidelines at the time that you had to follow? I think it was more... Um so the, the physical barriers and the safety, you know, issues and the fear. But I think we've done a good job here at the clinic of keeping patients safe, you know, requiring patients to wear masks. We, we wear, wear masks, but we still can't let it get in the way of how we treat our patients. You know, I have to be able to, to be in close proximity to my patients 
to, to keep them safe, to help them stand, to, to if we're working on balance, I need to be close. So just being really cognizant of that and, and just really in my personal life, also trying to keep myself healthy and safe so that I don't bring those kinds of things to my patients. So we really put a lot of emphasis on that here in the clinic, just is creating a safe environment. Our patients had a place to come and recover. So COVID has, has affected us in that way. And then I would also say the emotional, mental um, component has been, has been tough for our patients. Another thing I've, I've kind of witnessed is just the access to care um, and maybe, you know, patients having to see doctors virtual or, or being fearful to go in to, to the hospital or to the doctor for fear of COVID when, when that would lead to problems with, with other things or not receiving the care they need in a timely manner. So that's also been kind of a challenge and a barrier that I've seen with COVID and we spent a lot of time talking about the past and the amazing recovery that, that you've had, Mr. Charlie and Miss Jackie. But I, I'm anxious to look toward the future. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that's what that's what I'm excited to have you all on. So I got a question for you, Mr. Charlie. Now that, that you've recovered and you've been discharged, what are you looking forward to doing now? What What are things that you do in your normal daily life that you're well, excited that big, you got back to? My biggest thing is to get back in my yard, cut my grass and get the most beautiful yard in the in the subdivision again, like I've been having, and get in my garden. I'm going to plant my garden again. What kind of garden? Do you have a, a vegetable garden? A vegetable garden with tomatoes, cucumbers, bell peppers, and, and uh, cotton. And cotton. I plant a row of cotton because my wife uses that for decoration. And we grew it. I see a reoccurring theme. Kind, you know, I'm retired now, and I don't have to have a whole fancy stuff or go be going to these long vacations. I enjoy my yard work and stuff. I, I grew up like that. And that's what I enjoy is my yard work, my vegetables. And then we go, like I said, we'll get together one day and we'll say, hey, let's go. We go to Crowley. We go to Oplus. We go anywhere. And we go eat lunch. And we'll come back home. We enjoy ourselves together. Where you see one, you see the other. And have you have you been able to be in the yard a little bit already? Or do you have a little work left to get to that point? Oh, I've been in the yard, but I haven't done too much physical work right now because of the weather. But... I, I'm getting ready to start. He was able to cut his grass and weed eat, um, yeah. yeah, maybe in the fall. And, yeah, just so before, right before discharge. Yeah. And have you have you received? She went and she turned over all the dirt in my garden and planted the garden. And of course, nobody did anything good that year because of the weather. But at least I sat there and watched her do all that work, and it was hurting me. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one positive thing that we have at the end of 2020, our number one positive. We have our very first great-grandson in Arkansas, and we have not been able to see him or hold him, but we do FaceTime, and as soon as things get a little bit better, we are going to Arkansas. <laughs> what part of Arkansas? Monticello. Awesome. Well, those are definitely some some good things to look forward to and be positive about. Some yard work, uh, growing some vegetables in the garden, and then and seeing the new new grandkid. That would be uh, yeah. s- some f- fun things to look forward to. I appreciate you sharing some of the future. That's the that's the exciting part of what Ellen does and, and what we do on a daily basis here at MTS is to see our patients get back to the things that they love to do. 
awesome story that y'all shared with us today. As we bring this episode to a close, I want to give each one of y'all a chance to share something that we may not touched on. Say hello to anybody that you want to in the family, because we'll be sharing this uh, soon on our social media platforms. But just give a chance to, to give us a conclusion, a wrap up. Let us know anything that you would like the audience to know about. Let's start with you, Mr. Charlie. We'll start with you. Well, I'd love to tell everybody out there, thank you for that prayer. That was a big deal in my, my part. And when they did, everywhere I would go, or everyone I talked to, they would, even even some of them lit candles for me, which was a big thing. And uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed now getting out to where I could talk to people, see people and mix with them, but we couldn't mix like we'd want to because of COVID. But at least we visit on the driveway. That's how we would visit. Some of them would drive up and stay in their cars, and we just visit like that. That was a big thing for us. Ms. Jackie, what you got to say to the audience? Pretty much the same thing. Thank you for the love and support of our children, our grandchildren, family, friends, nieces, nephews. They were with us every step of the way. One particular special close friend of ours is Father Gary Shakesnyder. He's a family friend, and he himself is not well, but he was with me every step of the way and, and with Charlie, too, of course. But his prayers and just his care, his concern, we believe that all of that, the love and support and the prayers that we got is what helped Charlie to have the strength to get through it. And for me as well, because there were days when I was sitting at home and was like, hmm. You know, I don't know, we didn't do too well today or whatever, but it all, because of that love and support, I think is is why we're here today. And finally, Miss Ellen, I'll give you a chance to final send off to Mr. Charlie and Miss Jackie or anything that you want to share with the audience about uh, his amazing recovery. Just, you know, Mr. Charlie works really hard um, and it, this is, working with patients like this is why we do what we do and um, it just gives us so much perspective and hope and you know it's it's an honor and a privilege to be able to walk with people through hard things and to see them come out on the other side and get back to to life to doing what they love to do that's what brings uh, me satisfaction as a therapist it's why I do what I do and why we all do what we do here so it's just it's been a good story um, and and just something I've enjoyed being a part of and, and watching happen. Well, I appreciate all of y'all taking the time to join us today. Mr. Charlie, uh, what an amazing story, amazing recovery. I appreciate you taking the time and giving us the, the energy to share your story. I know it's not easy, but I have one last thing I want to ask for you, if you can do for me. Uh, when that first vegetable garden comes out, I'm a, I'm a big cucumber and tomato fan. So if you can <laughs> bring, bring Miss Ellen at least one cucumber and one tomato, and I'm going to make a cucumber and tomato salad. Boy, if I have some... You better believe it, I will. Uh, one thing I got to tell you about that. Once I drop them here, I'm not responsible for what happens to them. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll be sure to put my name on it. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I appreciate y'all being here. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Well Within Reach. We believe in the power of physical movement along with emotional and spiritual connection. As a team, we hope that you find what we share here helpful on your journey. Whether you are battling physical issues or looking for kindred folks, we are honored to have the opportunity to connect with you. As a rapidly growing company, we are always looking to expand our footprint and our tribe. If you are looking for more information about our company or how to join our team, 
please visit mtspts.com. If you have content ideas for our podcast or feedback of any kind, you can reach us at podcast at mtspts.com. If you found value from it, please share it with a friend. Make sure you also subscribe so you get notified each week as a new episode releases. You can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. We would be extremely grateful for that as your reviews help encourage others to listen in. Remember, your best self is well within reach, and so is our next episode. We hope you join us then.